Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a brilliant show for today with an incredible guest, endurance athlete Nathan Richardson joins the show. Nathan is currently in the middle of a wonderful, wonderful project in which he's attempting to run thousands of miles around England and Wales with the aim of running to every single one of the 92 football grounds in all four divisions of the English Football League system. He began his journey in March 2020, and he'll be running in between every ground and traveling throughout most of the country unsupported and self-funded with all of his kit on his back. When moving between each of the grounds, he'll be using no other mode of transportation other than his own two legs. He'll eat and sleep wherever he can and begin the next day's run wherever he finished the last. On average, he's running about 50 to 100 miles a week and has calculated a rough distance of over 2,000 miles. It's such an impressive story. And Nathan is a father, former soldier and engineer from Manchester. In January of 2019, he was feeling unhealthy and happy with his weight. And after the loss of two close family members, he turned to running as an escape. Having never attempted a marathon before, the prospect of running seemed impossible. But only four months later, he ran two in the space of one week. After completing those two marathons, he began to contemplate and question his own true capabilities and his limits. Since then, running has become a part of his life. And he believes it's a great way for to keep his morale high, retain his focus. But he wanted something bigger. For Nathan, the challenge was perfect because it combined two things that he loved, football and running. He'd always wanted to visit every stadium in the English Football League, and he couldn't help but wonder if anyone had ever ran to all of them. The prospect of being the first person to ever do this inspired him to take up the challenge, and he saw it as a great opportunity to see so much of the unexplored country. He's internally motivated by the physical and mental challenge that he's facing, but he also wants to encourage and inspire people to get out and run so they can have the same success that he had battling some of his demons through exercise. Additionally, he was hoping to encourage and stimulate discussion about mental health raising awareness through fundraising for Mind, a charity that helps people who are struggling with mental health problems. And additionally, he's fundraising for Super Josh, which is a charity that does incredible work helping children and their families who have brain tumors and post-surgery disabilities. It's a remarkable tale of mental and physical endurance. It is a wonderful philanthropic story as well. Luckily, I had the chance of talking with Nathan last year. I wanted to have him back to talk about his progress and to see how the pandemic affected the year. On today's conversation, Nathan discusses his initial motivations for the challenge and why he specifically chose the two charities in which the run is benefiting. And finally, Nathan talks about some of his most memorable experiences throughout his journey. It's incredible. Just honored to have him on the show. I encourage you to find him on Instagram, NathRich92. And from there, you can find out ways to support and ways to donate to charity, all in the name of him running around the grounds. Elated for everyone to meet him, so let's go ahead and bring on Nathan Richardson, English endurance athlete, and let's learn. Nathan, you are undergoing a very unique project, something I admire a lot. So what is this unique journey that you're currently working on? Yeah, so I'm currently running, and I have been running, to 92, all the 92 football grounds in um, the Premiership, Premier League, and the um, English Football Leagues, which covers England and Wales. Um, and yeah, I believe to be the first person to do it. Um, I've been running from, um, to every stadium. I don't, using no other mode of transport. I've been obviously eating and sleeping wherever I can. And yeah, raising money for, for charity. So take me back. When did this idea first come to mind and what was it that inspired you? Yeah. So it was, came from, uh, the first time it came, 
into my head was June 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically I'd started to run. I'd gone through a bit of a bad time. And then I came across, I wanted to run a marathon. I ran my first marathon, found out my brother was running one a week later, ended up doing that, you know, which at the time was obviously crazy. So I did two in the week and then I started to get this feeling of sort of, what else can I do? And I got addicted to running. Um, And then it got a little bit later on in the year and I came across another football fan who was running to every away stadium. In, in England, he would start where his yeah, club were and then he'd run to the, every away game. And then I just started wondering if anybody had um, done all the grounds and ran to them and nobody had been crazy enough. So when that was it, that was the start, really. I um, I began saving up. I left work in December 2019. March 2020, I was off. You were off. Simple as that. Simple as that. How much planning did you do in all the routes that you would take? The routes were a bit more, um, I did it roughly. So all I worked out, because as you know, England is an island. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just, I knew, right, make sure I can get to all these places on foot. So I went on Google Maps and yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even go into the routes because I thought, I don't know any of these roads. So I'm just going to confuse myself and I'm going to go with the routes when I get there, I had a general idea of the route, but it was to change, you know, thousands of times. The best way I found was to speak to locals, you know, when you get to the place and say, look, I'm running here. And when they get over the original shock, they um, they tend to want to help, you know, oh, you, you best not run down this road, you best take that road sort of thing. Well, you mentioned there that something that's funny to me, the, the initial shock that people heard when you're doing this. What was the response from family and friends when you first told them about this idea? Same thing, uh, shock. Um, the people who really know me were sort of like, they could tell by my tone that I was serious and this was going to go ahead, you know, because, you know, you, you, they, they knew, right, he's really going to do this now. Um, but mostly it was like, how are you going to do this? You know, um, some people were sort of questioning how many miles you're going to do? Are you going to be able to physically deal with this? Um, all our good, you know, meaning, but you know, people have um, doubts, and they just they put the doubts onto you, you know, or, or not not in a bad way, but they go, look, this is what I think. This is this is how I believe things are going to go wrong, and there was a lot of that, but I just had one clear vision, and that was it. You know, I'd already thought things over million times uh, and it wouldn't be an adventure would it if if everything was straightforward everything was easy as you know by the last year it's been nothing but you know it's been anything but easy but yeah the original the, the original um, uh, response was shock I think yeah adventures are never linear uh, so I think that's a great point you were someone who was an avid runner before having completed marathons how different was the running on a daily basis and when you're going along roads that you didn't know before? Yeah. Um, so I was, the problem that I had is I was running a lot on flat where I was, where I live, it's very flat. And I was very naive in, in training in that. I got, I trained as much as I could, but eventually it's all in your mind, you know. And I trained my body up, don't get me wrong, you can't just go from, not running at all to go and doing something like that. But I just thought, right, I'm okay with my running. 
as long as I because I was carrying my bag, remember, and all my stuff. That was my main worry. I thought, right, I've never ran this far with a big bag before. This is totally different on my body. And um, so that was what I needed to to trade myself on. So I was doing that a lot. Um, but yeah, everything's unexpected. You know, you, you run and you'll see things that you never, that you never even think. Like you say, I just got comfortable with being lost, you know, and, and, and I don't, I don't sort of, you know, when you get lost, you panic, don't you? And I had to get in the zone of where, if I don't know where I am, I, it'd be that often I don't know where I was. I, would, I became calm. I became okay with, all right, I don't know where I am here. I don't know these roads. I don't know what's coming. But that was just going day after day after day. But it's exciting as well because you wake up and you, you know, what, what what's going to happen today? It's never straightforward, you know. So, yeah, it's, it came across a lot of different... Um, situations and sort of different ways of running different different types of running but like I say it's if it wasn't hard if it was easy everyone would do it you know yeah you did it to a point where they you were comfortable being uncomfortable and the the abnormal became normal in that way yeah with all that and with the daily adventure and you become comfortable at how did you feel that you personally have changed over the last year I've changed massively um you know I was, I was telling somebody about this because you always think you think at the beginning this is going to change you, but you don't realise how. I think for me, nutrition has been a big change in 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 um in me. I used to run and I'd just be like, right, I deserve I deserve some, uh, pizza for that. And I never thought about. I thought if I'm doing something this hard, I'm treating myself. And what I came round to with was if I would run 15 miles and I went and had a pizza, right? It was great. But I, I might be sluggish the next day. But if I if I eat what I'm supposed to, it makes it a little bit easier. And I carried that over, so I'm a much much healthier person now than I was when I started. Lost a lot of weight, obviously, but I'm just much much healthier. My attitudes to to life, I think, to work has changed. I get up at five o'clock now every single day. I never did that before. That's just changed in me. I get. I'm, I'm just finding. I've just got more motivation than I've ever had. Um, yeah, and I think those are two big things that I've noticed. Uh, I'm just more willing to to put in to put in the work. I think because I got to such a point where it was so hard, everything else seems like, oh, I've got to do is wake up and you know and go to work and maybe go for a couple of miles. Whereas before it was oh geez, I've got to run 20 miles and I don't know where I am and where am I going to eat? What am I going to, where am I going to sleep? Yeah. So everything else now is a bit more, it's cruising, you know. Yeah. I know there was no such thing as an average day or typical day, but what was maybe the normal day of running? How many miles are you putting on? And when it comes to finding a place to sleep, where were you laying your head? So with... Um, with obviously, I was doing ten to fifteen miles a day at the beginning, and then it built up and built up and built up. But sometimes I was doing twenty. Um, the longest one run I've done at the, up to now is thirty-five. So, yeah, I was covering a fair distance. And again, like I say, it became a full-time job because I was trying to where I was. Like at the beginning of the week, I'd be looking to the end of the week or the next week. Going right, I've got. I know where I'm staying Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Where am I staying Saturday, right? I need to start working on that. And I could, I've stayed everywhere. I've stayed, I camped out. 
I stayed in people's gardens, I stayed in hostels, I stayed in B&Bs, I stayed in hotels where people were, or, or um, chains were kind enough to give me some free nights. So I stayed right at the top of the chain and I stayed right at the bottom where I was <laughs> in the dirt. You know, so it was two totally different ends of the spectrum. Um, so yeah, where, where did I stay probably is the question. Yeah. How the pandemic and quarantine rules, how did that affect your plan? Hugely. The first, um, I'd only started for a couple of weeks when the first lockdown came in. Uh, I got, obviously, I had to stop for a couple of months for that in March. And then I started again in May, um, obviously 2020. Got a good chunk of it done there from May to November, but still wasn't done. And then we had another lockdown here in November for one month. So I was like, right, do this. And then, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I was up north by then. And then I ran the whole of December and then we had another lockdown in January, the third one, which then was till, when did it, was it until, until March, I think. And then I started again for the third time, March, which is where I'm at now. So yeah, it's def- I was supposed to be done by September last year, but you know, it's just a story, isn't it? And there's more people affected by it than me. I just feel blessed that I can run every day and that I can still get on with this and find a way to do it. You know, there's people who've suffered a lot more than me throughout this, but yeah, it affected me massively. Well, it's incredibly inspiring. And why was it that you chose the charity that you did? So uh, there was two two charities that I chose for. One of them is for um, uh, dis- disabled children, children who have brain tumours. Um, I think that speaks for itself. And I know I've worked with, run for the charity before, so I wanted to um, help them in a way and give them a bit more of. They're 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 in a small part of Manchester, and I wanted to give them um, a bit of notoriety throughout the country. And I knew that there was going to be a bit of uh, attention, so I, f- I wanted to get them get their name out, you know, because a small charity deserve it. And then the other one was Mind, which is mental health, which is again, you know, the link between. Um, running and mental health is huge, um, you know, and I, I'm, I can vouch for that as well. What do you do on the days where you didn't want to run, where you want to just pack it up? It would be easier for you to just say, that's it, I did my best, and I'm just going to go home. What do you do on those days? Uh, good question. I thought about uh, finishing a lot. I thought about, um, you know, what if kind of thing what if I can finish this what it's going to be like when it's all done I think about the charities the people who've um, raising who've given me money and who are counting on me and I can't let these people down and um, yeah that's it really you have to you know keep going the same the same way you're motivated to run it's just over and over every single day and it almost became methodical you know there's no it's like, I'd say like a nine to five job. I treated it like there's, there's no way around this. I've got to get up and go. That's it. I've got to go up and do these three, four hours running and then that's it. That's it. It's fantastic. You've, you've become so comfortable in the uncertain situation. So when it comes to uncertainty and when you don't know the answer, how do you find the answer or the route to go? Or how do you put yourself at ease when there is so much uncertainty and doubt that can occur? Um... I think looking at the wider picture, the bigger picture, 
uh, and and you know taking a taking a step back for a moment and saying right look where we're at what's happening I, I I've had times where I can be hungry and I won't have any food on me because I learned this early on these were, these were the big big problems because you need fuel to run um, and I'd be caught in the rain somewhere lost or it's dark and I didn't have any food you know and then when you've got well I've got a real problem here now and I think he's taking a step back and saying right what do I need first first I need to take food where is somewhere that I can eat right okay about two miles from here there's a shop or, or a petrol garage I'll go there and then once you eat right your brain starts working then right where do I need to get to okay I'll go charge my phone up yeah right and then before you know it you know you um you're where you need to be so i think yeah just taking a step back for a moment and doing things in in a process and i think that that relates a lot to ultra running and that's where long distance running can uh step over into life as well i think that's tremendously well said i'm gonna give you a few topics and i want you to just think of the first answer that comes to mind first of all the day that you saw something on the landscape in the outdoors that you'll never forget was where? Ooh, when I saw something on the landscape. Just anything outdoors in nature that maybe you've never seen before, yeah. I'll tell you the size of some of the hills that I've, um, that I've ran up on in, when I was in, um, when, I, when I was at Hadrian's Wall, running from uh, Newcastle to Carlisle. Uh, and honestly, looking up some of those hills, they look like I'm, it's going to take me three days to get up there. And I've never, ever looked at a hill like that in my life because you mostly, people don't run those um, hills. They just drive them because I'm running on the road because I'm looking for the shortest distance. So, yeah, I would say that the hills. The most brutal day of weather was when? The one that springs to mind is when I was running from um, Bournemouth to Southampton. And it was rain for, it, I was doing a long run. I think it was 18 miles and it was rain constantly, nonstop. Um, and there's one actually that comes very close to that, which is, was a snow in December in Bradford. Uh, but, but the Bournemouth Southampton one wins it because it was three hours of hard rain and I only caught the snow for the last 10 minutes at Bradford, so I can't, and that one takes it. So what do you do on a day like that for your feet? Because when I ran in rain, blisters immediately. So for you, yeah. what did you do to keep yourself safe? I, you know what? I get really lucky, and I've, I've not had many blisters. I think I had one throughout. Um, so I don't know whether that's because of the trainers I was wearing um, or what, but I always found that... Um, if you feel a hot spot, cover it up. If you feel it before it gets to a blister, stop. Yeah. But I always had plasters with me every single day, um, even though I got one blister through all those months. So I just found covering it, you know, and you've used like the compost, the compete, sorry, the little pads you can put on. They're really good. But I always found that once you're soaking, soaking wet, you can't get any more wet. That's yeah. what I always think. Once you wet like that, and the, pro the, the but the main thing with that is when you because you're running you're keeping warm the moment you stop you're in trouble if you hang around too long because you're soaking wet so the other lesson that I learned is always always have a dry 
set of clothes. So no matter where you end up, you just get changed and you you know you're out of it. Otherwise, you're in your risk of you know yeah. catching hyperthermia. The running wisdom you have gained over the last year is, is exactly is, is unparalleled. Uh, <laughs> I know Old Trafford means a lot to you, but what was the the location, the stadium that was the most memorable because it was such a surprise? Maybe you had lower expectations and you just were like, "That was incredibly cool." I did not expect that. Uh, there's two answers for this. So, do you want them both? I do. Right. So the first one was Port Vale. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was, I've got no ties to them whatsoever. We just turned up at this club, uh, you know, I like any other club. And they absolutely rolled out the red carpet. They were like, right, they took, my family was there, just so happened to be on that day. They gave me a full tour of the ground. Um, They gave, they they invited us back for a VIP uh, match experience. They gave me all these goodies. And they had like this little team, of reception waiting and like giving me applause and giving me food and I, I saw nothing like that out of all the clubs that I've been to I've not done yet but I saw nothing like that so they were incredible and the second one was more for Emirates I don't know if I told you this one when we last spoke but I ended up getting to lift the FA Cup in the um, in Arsenal the real one so what happens when when you, when you win the FA Cup? It usually gets moved a couple of days after you win it, and nobody really gets to see see the real one. You just get replicas. Now Arsenal had only just won it two days before, so it's still there. And um, I walked in, and the guy he was like, "Right, come on, I'll take you around." And he said to someone, "Is the FA Cup still in there?" Mm. And he goes, "Yeah." And he said, "Anyway, it's the real one as well." So I went in like amazed to just even see it, yeah. and then they, they, they let me get my hands on it and lift it up um, during COVID as well. Ah. So it was yeah, that was unbelievable. And not many people can say that that yeah. they, that we lifted that um, the real one. So that was a that was a huge honor. Yeah. Most memorable day interacting with a stranger. Um, I know I know you've met a lot of interesting people along your journey. I have. I have the one that sticks out to me is the a guy called Blind Dave. In um, I met him in West Brom, um, and he's incredible. He he, I never even knew blind people could run before this. By the way, no, that's not to offence to anyone, but yeah. I never just never crossed my mind. Uh, this guy ran like seven marathons in seven days wow. and he did all of this um he did one of the hardest ultras in the world um and yeah he was just uh, just just amazed by him things that you would be amazed by any person who who was a normal person uh, who had full sight uh and and he was just um yeah incredible runner and incredible person Food and places where you slept varied from day to day, but I, but I also know that when you did get a chance, having a good big meal would probably be very memorable. So, what was the the day where you just got to really indulge on some food that you're you're, you're probably still thinking back about? I am, yeah. So, where he got um, there was a place called Green King, right in in England, yeah, and they uh, they are like a chain. And we managed, we got in touch with so many different food chains that own pubs and restaurants. Green King got back to us and they are a hotel chain that also do food. 
and they 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 actually saw me through a lot of London, um, and they they said, right, we're going to give you these meals, and we're going to give you all these meals, and we're going to give you this these rooms. So then it was like I was staying in these prop really nice rooms, and then I was they were giving me free food as well, and it was really good food. It was in in London, in in nice parts of London. Yeah. So you wouldn't. You wouldn't normally go in there and buy food because of the price of it, but they were just like, "Yeah, fill your boots." Um, yeah, and I was—I wasn't even one day. Just it was for about a week. I was just going in there and eating. Oh, yeah, I'll have the steak tonight. And they were all really familiar with me because I was staying there. They knew what I was doing. They were giving me unlimited beer, mm. so I was just like <laughs> thinking. That my big main worry was, "How am I going to get up and run in yeah. the morning?" Because I'd just be eating steak and. Yeah, I'm grateful to them forever. Well, you earned it and you deserved it. I'm curious on how was the time running through my place, Yorkshire? How was that? Ah, yeah. Yorkshire was, um, it was nice because where Yorkshire is, it's within driving distance of my home. So I, I was coming home a lot. And another time was, it was around Christmas time. So some of my family were so I remember, I will always remember that of being around Christmas, which was nice. And my brother was here and we, we would, like, a few days after Christmas, we'd be, like, driving to Huddersfield and, right, this is, we're going to go and run 15 miles. And, um, yeah, it was good. I liked Yorkshire. But it was hilly, I'll tell yeah. you that. It was <laughs> very, very hilly. Um, I told you that Bradford is when I had the, the big snow. Um, but yeah, it's it was uh, good memories. I do remember you posting a picture of the snow. How was your time in Barnsley? Good. Yeah, yeah, I was welcomed. Um, Yorkshire people are always quite nice, so you know they're quite welcoming, and they were all calling me crazy and that. But that's nothing new. So listen, yeah, crazy on this on this show, crazy is a compliment. Just so yeah, you know. <laughs> I knew that already. But yeah, no, it was great. I had a great reception from all the, all of those clubs in Yorkshire. So yeah, it was good. What's next for you as you finish up? When's the projected end date, and what do you have next coming up? Projected end date is my birthday on the twenty sixth of June. Okay. Uh, yeah, and luckily it's going to be. They tell us that that's when restrictions will be mm. a thing of the past supposed to be 21st of June where all everything is dropped so it just so happens that the first weekend after that is when I'm just coming to the end and you know it all seems to line up so that's the end hopefully in two months and I'm done where it will be the final location Rochdale that's where I was born in a place called Rochdale so the last run will be from Bury to Rochdale it's six miles um, we're just trying to sort everything out now, you know, for the for the last day in the big party, and it's yeah. it's so cool, man. It's so cool. I admire so much what you're doing. It's just incredible athletic feats, incredible mental feat, and also it's a very philanthropic endeavor what you're doing. So, how can people stay up to date with your journey, and also how can they help out and contribute to some of the charities? Yeah. So the easiest way is to go on if you go to Google and just search "run around the grounds." Yeah. Um, and you should get my Virgin page, my Facebook page, uh, you know, and some other bits there, but it should, that you'll see everything there. One sentence response, only one sentence response on the creation of a Super League in Europe. Um, 
Uh, absolute greed. There you go. Two words that you don't even need a sentence. Absolutely. That's it. I know it might be too soon to say what's next, but what's next? For me? Yeah. Um, next, I'm looking at a few things. I'm going to look at writing some kind of memoir, maybe Good. a book. Good. Of, of my experience. And I'm looking at possibly going, doing some Europe, uh, European clubs as well. Yeah. Um, if I can work it out, I'm looking at Holland because it's nice and flat for a start off. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, start, we'll start with the flat one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get the flat ones out of the way first. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what I'm looking at, but I want to keep myself going. I've loved it, you know, so much. Like, I want to keep, um, keep doing something like this. Well, that's why know? I asked. That's why I asked because I know that you're driven by that, and I know that it's a lifestyle. Like you said, it's a lifestyle now. So I was excited to see what's next. If you come here, I'll take you to a footy game. Let me know. And if not, yeah, then you try and make it to Holland maybe next year. Sign me up for both. Sign me up for both. Nathan, always a pleasure. I was so glad to to hear from you. Just, it's so cool. I really respect admire everything you're doing, and you're still doing it. All these, and just hats off to you, man. So cool. Thank you. Thanks very much, and thanks for uh, taking the time to do do the interview and put it out. And I appreciate it. Always. We'll we'll do it again later on the year. Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. All right. Cheers. All right, mate. See you now. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Nathan. Be sure to give him a follow on Instagram, NathRich92, and from there you'll be able to find ways to support his journey. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son.